comfortable with what God has called them to in that moment. They want to be, uh, sometimes I speak to people, I want to be an evangelist, Pastor said. I want to preach to the nations. I want to be a missionary and go into all these different places and preach the gospel and have thousands of people saved. And you ask them a question, have you spoken to your neighbor about Jesus? Uh, well, um, Got to go, I'll be back. If we're not faithful with a little, why would we expect that God would use us in a bigger way? Oh, I'm believing for God to bring wealth into my life because I just want to be somebody who's generous. Well, are we being faithful with the little we have right now? Are we being faithful and obedient to how God has called us to use our finances? I want to be somebody who's got so many friends. I look at others and they've got great friends. And I don't have, well, are we faithful with the relationships that God has placed in our life right now? Or are we spending all our time looking for others instead of being faithful to the people that God has placed in our life in this moment? I want to be successful in business. What are we being faithful in the workplace that God has placed us in right now? And you could look at this in every single area of our lives. He who is faithful with little will be faithful with more. Faithfulness brings increase. It's true of us individually. It's also true of us as the body of Christ corporately here in heaven. Remember, we've been talking a lot in the month of May about running this race together. And God has a call for us. And as we are faithful in the here and now, God will bring us increase. Listen, we know that God has huge plans for Family Church Haven in the next 13 years. I thank God for what he's done in the last 13 years. But I look ahead with expectation because God always goes from strength to strength and adds increase. Now, as we believe for God for that increase that he would add to our number daily those who are being saved, that comes as we are faithful to what he's called us to do right now. Now here's a challenge. That means not just me, not just certain people, but every single one of us being faithful to the call of family church haven't that God has placed upon us. There's a great challenge that I heard recently that in, two, in 1 Peter 2, Peter talks about the fact that we're all living stones and some of you know the verses that God places us together as a building and Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, that everything must be built upon Jesus. And as we're built together, we, we, we are this great building that God uses. But the question that was posed and this challenge that was put out was this, that if every stone looked like you, what would the building be like? In other words, if everyone was as faithful as you are or as I am, in family church haven't, how effective would it be as a church? If everyone was as evangelistic as we are as an individual stone, it's a great challenge to ask ourselves, and I'll leave that with you as to whether that's a positive answer or not. I know there's certain areas in my life where I say, God, I want to be the living stone that you've called me to be. Faithfulness brings increase. This principle is also true relationally. God wants us to be faithful in our relationships, in our marriages. And I'm not just talking about extramarital affairs. I'm I'm talking about that God wants to increase your marriage. But if you're in a place, and if this is relevant to you in your marriage, and you're in a place where you say, my marriage is okay. My marriage is here, but I'd love for it to be here. I know God has more for me in my marriage. Then do you know what the answer is? Faithfulness. And not just in the obvious sense, but faithfulness in terms of being consistent. Being faithful in speaking words of affirmation. 
Being faithful in speaking words of encouragement. Faithful by not looking to others outside of marriage. Being faithful in our attention. Being faithful in our prayers for one another and with one another. It's true of friendships. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A dear friend will love you no matter what. And family sticks together through all kinds of trouble. It's true of family. We are called to be faithful in our relationships. And as we are faithful to those relationships, not only will God bring strength, not only will God make those relationships vital, but he'll begin, begin to bring other great people into your lives as well because he who is faithful with little will be faithful with more. We're faithful with our gifts, faithful as a church, faithful in our relationships. Also, faithful in the workplace. Now, this one might be one where people are like, oh, I'll just, I'll just uh, switch off for a little moment. Faithful in our workplace. Do you know we've been saying this over and over again that we don't put our running trainers on to run the race of faith on a Saturday evening. Okay, we don't get our gym gear out on Saturday evening. I'm going to run the race of faith tomorrow morning at Family Church Haven, and on a Sunday afternoon I'll put my trainers away and I'll just be whoever I want, because that's religion. If we're living from Sunday to Sunday, that's not running the race of faith. That's religion and turning up to an event for one morning a week. So we need to understand we are running the race of faith in our workplace. In the place where probably it is the most difficult place at times to run the race of faith. We are called to run it in the workplace. But listen, God will always see your heart of faithfulness. You, you may not be enjoying your workplace right now. You may be enduring it. You may be just about turning up, but God sees your heart of faithfulness and he sees the spirit of excellence in the workplace in your response to it. Ephesians 6, verse 5 to 7. I want to read this from a message paraphrase. It says, Servants, respectfully obey your earthly masters, but always with an eye to obeying the real master, who is Jesus. Now listen to this. Don't just do what you have to do to get by. I reckon some people here today... Um, this week, the Holy Spirit is going to bring these verses to remember, which are like, oh, I wish I wasn't there on Sunday morning. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants doing what God wants you to do. Work with a smile on your face. Always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be given the orders, you are really serving God. Faithfulness brings increase. Faithfulness displays God's character and gives him glory. And so in a world characterized by the question of Proverbs, who can find a, a, a faithful person? I want us to be a church that stands up in answer to that question and says, us. We are faithful people, not because we're anything special, but because the Spirit of God is in us and has made us to be the most faithful people on planet Earth. Faithful people do exist and they are here. Amen? Amen? Okay. Three of us are faithful. So as we celebrate this Jubilee weekend, as we think of the subject of, of faithfulness, as we run the race and we consider what is it to be faithful, let me just end by asking you this question. Where do you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you be more faithful? That's not a, that's not a condemnation. That's not a why aren't you faithful. Be real. Is it faithful with your time? Faithful with your encouragement, faithful in a certain relationship or a certain situation. What area of your life, with what gifting, do you know God is calling you to be more faithful? Because here's the thing, if we all 
took this today and literally ran with it, then every area of our life would begin to see change, increase, and abundance. Do you know that relationships would be stronger for it? Our church community would be more effective for it. Our walk with God would be greater because of it. Our workplaces would be different. We'd stand out as kingdom people in the workplace because, as I said, faithfulness is in short supply in the workplace. Faithfulness, I believe, will bring you increase even in that area of your life because our God whose spirit now lives in us is faithful. Let me conclude with this, and I think this is important, that there might be some people here today and you say, you're feeling like you failed in the area of faithfulness. That may be in terms of your human relationships, in terms of your conduct. It may be in your relationship with God that you started off so well, but you know you're going through the motions. You're here today, which is great, but it may feel like you've just been going from Sunday to Sunday or season to season, and, and you're just going through the motions. This, this race isn't one where you're increasing. This race is just one where you're just putting one leg in front of the other and not actually pursuing the purposes of God for your life and your generation. But here's the good news. that God doesn't respond to that by condemning you today. God looks at that, and God remains faithful. The Bible makes it clear, even when we are unfaithful. God remains faithful. You know, a powerful book to read, I'd encourage you to find some time to read it over the coming month, is the book of Hosea. And in the book of Hosea, there's this moment, it begins with God speaking to the prophet Hosea and, and tells him to go marry a prostitute named Goma. Now you may think, what on earth are you doing, God? What, what is going on in this, this moment? That's a strange start to a biblical book that you tell this man to go marry a prostitute. But, but there's a context to it that God was making a point. He wanted to illustrate the greatness of his grace. He wanted to display to the nation of Israel the consistency of his faithfulness. And you read it, what, what, what happens, and you get to chapter 3. And there's a moment where Hosea has to go and get Goma back. And he buys her back. He pays for what is already his in that moment. Hosea is that picture of God. We are like Gomer. We are the ones that go astray. We are the ones that do our own thing. We are the ones that are unfaithful to our God. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, All of us, not some of us, not a percentage of us, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, but our God is faithful. Amen. He is true to his example of faithfulness. And 2,000 years ago, as Taffy said earlier, he paid for what was already his. He paid for you. He paid for me. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20. Listen to this from the Amplified. Final verse. It says, You were bought with a price you are actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own just close your eyes in this place in this moment just as we wrap up this morning I just want to pray over you and I want to encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what are you saying to me in this moment and just as we close then we're going to have cake and tea and coffee but I want to in this moment allow the Holy Spirit to minister he doesn't need long he's the Holy Spirit 
but he wants to minister to some people in this place here today. I, I believe there's some people, and just as I was speaking, that there's some people you hear today, maybe you've been affected by unfaithfulness in one way or another, in a marriage, in the workplace, in different ways. And God wants to restore you today. Maybe you're somebody who was unfaithful. Again, in your marriage, in the workplace, in a friendship, or whatever it might have been. And you're carrying condemnation upon your life today. Listen, if you've repented, if you've come to a place of, of saying, God, I, I surrender. God, I repent of that. Do you know what? God wants you to know that it's forgiven, it's forgotten. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed your transgressions from you. And for you, he wants to restore you today. And then there's a final group of people who you're here and you know that you're just going through the motions in your walk with God. You, you're coming each Sunday, but you've drifted away and you just feel like you're in a place where you haven't been faithful to God and his call upon your life. Again, the Father doesn't rebuke you. The Father says, welcome home. Welcome home. And let's run our best lap yet. Heavenly Father, I pray for each of those three categories this morning. Holy Spirit, would you just begin something in this moment that continues when we leave this place and get in our cars and go home or walk home, Lord, that you would continue this, that this would begin now and would continue over the coming weeks and months, Lord, that you would begin to do a work in our lives. Lord, for the first section of people, Lord, who have been hurt by unfaithfulness, whatever that may mean to them, Lord, restore them. Lord, heal the brokenhearted. That's what you came on this earth to do, Jesus. One of the anointings upon your life was to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up their wounds. And so, Father, I thank you that Jesus is here to minister to people today to heal the brokenhearted. Lord, for those who are just carrying the weight of condemnation, as we run this race, the writer of Hebrews, Lord, tells us to cast aside every weight Lord, one of those weights is condemnation that people are carrying because of mistakes that they made, because of sin in their yesterdays. And Lord, I thank you that you wipe the slate clean. Lord, when it feels like we don't even deserve it, your grace wipes the slate clean and your grace empowers us to be a different person in our future. Thank you, Lord, for restoration. Lord, for every single person under the sound of my voice who feels like they've been drifting, who feels like they've been going through the motions, who feels like they've just been playing at religion but hasn't been pursuing a relationship with you. Lord, again, I thank you that condemnation lifts off their life right now and that they would hear the sound of the Father's voice saying, come on, let's dust ourselves down and let's run the race again because you, Lord, are faithful. Even when we are unfaithful, you remain faithful to us, Lord. Each, every single one of us have gone our own way, Lord, but you sent your Son to die for us and to purchase us back to yourself. And today, Lord, we live in freedom and victory. And so, Lord, over every single one of these people, wherever they find themselves, Lord, we thank you that tomorrow is a better day. We speak your blessing and your promise over each and every single life and household represented here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us and help us to be a faithful people in all that you have called us to. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him praise this morning. For his word, we thank you, Lord, for your word.